I think too is reminding yourself that things aren't always going to be perfectly aligned. Like if you're waiting for this to happen, if you're waiting for this to happen, it's, it might not happen. I guess the better way to put that is the conditions aren't going to be perfect yes decision exactly you know we we wait for that we wait for and for me it was the money and you know and like I said even when I hit my my goal my you know the money that I felt would make me feel better for the year I still had hesitation about leaving that job but I've made I've made the commitment to myself and my business and I'm going to see that through so I did the big piece that was saving money and for some people it might be saving three months of income it might be Mm -hmm. six months it might be a year but even when I did that there was still fear so I guess my advice is just that the conditions are never going to be perfect so don't wait for that because you might be waiting a really really long time. When I first started my wedding photography business back in 2011, I made just $5,000 in my business. Now I bring in multiple six figures per year while working only 30 hour weeks serving my dream couples. I'm here to help you discover that it's so possible to have what you want, when you want in your business so that you can create the life you've always dreamed of and deserve. Okay. Yay. Welcome Carly to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm so excited about this. It's so nice to have something on the calendar to look forward to after the year that we've had. So I've been like anxiously awaiting this day. (laughs) Oh, so true. And actually for me, it's funny because I usually podcast alone and just speak into the void. So this is like always a treat for me where I'm like, oh my God, I get to interact with a human and learn from another human and all of that. So yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. And just as we decided pre-recording, let's jump right into would you rather questions. Okay. So <laughs> I'm so excited to, I love, first of all, I love games. I love icebreakers and all of that. And guys, Carly has no idea what these questions are. So this is going to be fun. And don't <laughs> worry, they're not too intense or anything like that. But uh, it's always fun to just, you know, play a would you rather game. Okay. So Carly, Would you rather spend the rest of your life with a sailboat as your home or an RV as your home? Oh, that's a great one. Um, My gut, I mean, I love the ocean, but my gut immediately goes to RV because I think I would just do better on land. (laughs) I think being at sea 24-7 would be, um, uh, I think that would be that would be hard to do that. So I think an RV is nice because you can drive to the ocean, right? So I think an RV is kind of the world's. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good one. I totally agree. Okay. Would you rather be forced to dance every time you heard music or be forced to sing along to any song you ever heard? Oh God, nobody wants (laughs) to see me do either, but dancing, (laughs) dancing would be I'd be less judged for my dancing I've got like those Elaine from Seinfeld dance moves so oh that's awesome um, I'd rather have I'd rather have that I think that would be more entertaining for people to watch than to listen to me sing okay awesome oh my gosh okay would you rather know the history of every object you touched or be able to talk to animals Oh my God, Sarah, if you, if anybody knows me, I want to talk to animals. I don't give a shit about the history of objects. 
if that was my choice if that was my choice that sounds so bad but no being able to talk to animals and every game I've ever played that asks about a superpower it's that one 100 that's so funny oh my gosh my intuition was like so on point when I was like typing that out I had a feeling that you would say that like same thing and with such passion too not like oh yeah I choose that one but like you would be like no but anyone who knows me like that's what I I feel like maybe we have the same thing because I'm totally in the same boat as you like animals are my love and I wish I could talk to them (laughs) but wait would it it ruin it yeah yeah (laughs) I'm sorry what were you gonna say what would it ruin I was gonna say what if what if us t- being t- able to talk to animals w- would ruin animals for us because what if in the background they're just judging the fuck out of us all the time and like oh my God. and then we just don't like we feel the same way like they're just humans you know just being scared well, of animals judging us like humans the thing is though we have dogs you and I have dogs so there's an unconditional love that comes from that I think if we had cats maybe you're right maybe that would ruin it for us because <laughs> we would know what they were actually thinking and they That's probably so get out of us so. That's so funny. I used to have cats and like, I love cats so much. And I know, I, I, I know that like some can just be cud- more cuddly than others, but overall they are more independent. So yeah, they're probably just like, yeah, it's so funny. Oh my gosh. Okay. They just want to we be their place. Probably podcast this whole, we could probably do this whole podcast episode just talking about what different types of animals we think about us. Seriously, 100%. <laughs> okay. So I love this next question. Mm. <laughs> excited to hear what you're going to say okay would you rather smell poop 50 percent of the time or smell fish a hundred percent of the time oh my god oh my god the real sophie's choice here (laughs) you know what i will say though i have a terrible sense of smell so let's go with poop 50 percent of the time (laughs) Nice. So you get a break. So you get a bit of a break. Yeah. What about you? What would you choose? I would choose the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Because at least it's shitty, literally, but at least you get the break. (laughs) Well, we're the same type of weird. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. One more question. Uh, Would you rather travel the world for a year on a shoestring budget or stay in only one country for a year, but live in luxury? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, and so <laughs> timely because we haven't been able to travel. Yeah, so what would we really want to do? Um, you know what? I I find that when I travel to places, I often wish I could have stayed longer because I don't feel like I got a good sense of the place when you only stay there for like a week or two weeks. Um, yeah. Now, luxury, of course is nice too but (laughs) just to really enjoy a place I'd really want to stay there for longer so if luxury is part of the deal then great but I I love that perspective yeah I just like being able to really like immerse myself in a place that I go so I'd want to stay there for longer that's awesome I love that um okay sweet so that was my would you rather that was really fun I I love that that. (laughs) let's do a whole episode just on that I know right oh my (laughs) gosh okay so I would love to know more about you. And of course, so would everyone tuning in. So maybe just expand on whatever comes to mind just to start off the episode. Um, So what kind of a photographer are you? What do you love photographing? And also what are some of your interests in life? Yeah, of course. So I am um, a wedding and family photographer. I have been a photographer now for just over five years. Um, I went full-time 
2019, the summer of 2019. So talk about timing because then yeah. I met with this global pandemic. Um, I love weddings. I absolutely love weddings. I love attending them. I love shooting them. Um, so that just felt really natural for me to shoot weddings because I love them so much. And I, you probably feel this too, Sarah, that rarely anybody's in a bad mood on a wedding day. Like you're just celebrating such wonderful connections and it's such a celebration of people that this couple loves and wants to have with them. So I love that. That's why like, that's, if I could only shoot one thing, it would be weddings, but I really like shooting families too. Um, in terms of my interests, uh, I love to read. I absolutely love to read. And like you, I'm one of those self-help junkies that just self-improvement. I just like, give me all of it. I just want to absorb it in my brain and learn how to apply it to my life. Um, so I do love that. I also have such an appreciation for film. Um, I often wonder if maybe my, my love for photography will turn into a love of cinematography. Um, I often oh, wonder that's if cool. that's where my path will take me, but who knows at this point, I'm just trying to focus on photos, um, but maybe video and film in the future, because I, like I said, I really have a love for film. Um, what else do I love? What else do I love, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know it's being, kind of weird sometimes being, to know in the moment, like, what I am I all about? <laughs> well, and then I start thinking about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, do I sound so boring? I'm like, oh, I'm a dog mom of two. I That's love cute. being a dog mom. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know what? Right now, I'm just, this pandemic has given me such a, um, such a large amount of time to do reading, which I've been loving because I've been putting that off. Um, and learning too. I'm always learning whether it's self-development or photography. So I've actually had the time to do that, which is really, really mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So do you have anything that you're reading right now that you're loving? Uh, yes. So um, I don't, I feel like you did, you didn't do this this year, but you did a minimalist challenge Yeah. Um, at one point with Rory. And yeah. so right now I'm reading The Year of Less and it's this person's journey of living with, you know, fewer things, less material things. Um, so I'm reading that right now and really enjoying it. And then ja in January, I did do the challenge that you did where it's oh, nice. one item day one, two items day two. Um, and I loved it. I couldn't believe how I hesitate to use the word transformative, but it was transformative. I feel like I was so much lighter at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. And now I have things that I had stowed away, like on display and I can enjoy them now so much more than I was before. Um, so I'm loving that. And I want to keep doing that as often as I can. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. So for those of you uh, tuning in that don't know, um, I got this idea from The Minimalists. So they have a podcast and they also have the two documentaries on Netflix. Um, but basically you, you go through a minimalist challenge for 30 days, you get rid of one item the first day, two items the second day, all the way like day 30, you get rid of 30 items on that day. And I forget the total number, but it's something around like 300 or even maybe 450 items, something like that. And you would be surprised at the momentum that you get throughout the middle of the challenge of like, oh yeah, like this pen. It's not even doesn't have ink anymore. Why, do, why am I keeping it? Or this clothing item, I literally forgot that I had it for five years. Why is it taking up space in my life? So I did that challenge twice in my life and Carly just did it. And yeah, it's just like so amazing to do. So if you're wondering what can I do during lockdown right now, it's yeah. awesome to 
do that. Yeah. So I love that you brought that up, Carly. Yeah. I'm <laughs> basically it. like the same person, everything you're saying, I'm like, we're the same person. Like, <laughs> well, then that's fine with me. That's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. You're trying to get noticed and you don't know how. I mean, raise your hand if wondering where your next booking will come from keeps you up at night. I know how that feels like. I was there once too, but I'm about to help you get clear on how to increase your bookings and inquiries. After coaching many portrait and wedding photographers, I realized they all had one thing in common that was holding them back from booking their dream clients. They didn't know how to market themselves. Once they got clarity on how to show up and put what they learned from me into action, they began to book more of their dream clients. And now I'm excited to help you do the same. So I've created a mini course called Crystal Clear Marketing to, you guessed it, help you get crystal clear on how to attract and book your dream clients. I mean, the year I implemented this, my revenue grew from $69,000 to $137,000 in just one year. So if I can do it, you can do it too. So in case you're wondering, inside of the Crystal Clear Marketing mini course, I share how to optimize your website so that more of your dream clients inquire and book, how to go from being a generalist to becoming a specialist, and why it matters, how to find out who you are at your core and fuse it fearlessly into your business. Also, how to show up on IG so you attract quality followers. That's so important. How to make the money you deserve while feeling fulfilled with your work and how to make marketing effortless and fun because it should be. Running our business should be fun. So what I'm so excited to share with you is that I've made this very affordable. So to get all the deets and enroll in this mini course, go to sarahmonica.com forward slash crystal clear. Again, head over to sarahmonica.com forward slash crystal clear. I cannot wait to see you in there. Okay, so I'm excited to dive into um, just your story of how you went full time because I know that you mentioned to me that you left a job you hated, like you hated to pursue your photography career that you know you knew would just bring you so much more joy. So I would love to know, yeah, the story of that, like what gave you the confidence to finally take the leap into officially going full-time with your photography business in 2019? Yeah, sure. So um, I actually went to school for something that was not photography related at all. I went to school for uh, criminal justice. That was an interest of mine at the time. I wanted to serve um, people in the justice system. And I really liked the program. I liked the courses that I was taking, but I definitely started to feel as I got older that I was just doing things the way I was just doing things because I should be doing them. You know, I went to school and then I got a job in a field adjacent to the one that I went to school for. Cause often that happens unless you have a very mm-hmm. specific degree, you go into something that's sort of related to what you went to school for. And so I did that and it felt really safe. I had, you know, consistent income, which was great. I had benefits, which were great. And I had really great coworkers, but I very quickly learned, um, I think I was two and a half years into my job in the mental health field 
actually. And I realized that I was not happy doing that work. I felt drained at the end of the day instead of energized. I was thinking constantly about work and in a way that was exhausting. And I just was not getting joy out of it. And it was affecting so many other parts of my life. It was affecting my personal relationships with my partner, um, with my friends, with my family, because I would talk all day and take in, you know, so much trauma from other people. And then I'd go home and not have anything else to give anybody else. I didn't have anything to give anybody else. And that was so draining. And I still had this voice in the back of my head that said, well, this is what you're supposed to do, right? This is safe. And this is, um, this is security. And, mm-hmm. and then as time went on, I just honestly, I just got more and more exhausted. And I realized that, you know, I think there, I think there's a point in everybody's life where you, you really do realize how short life is. And I asked myself, what if I woke up in 10 years and was still doing this? How would I feel then? And I knew that I'd be miserable. I knew that more than I knew anything else was that I'd be miserable. And so I started to make a plan and I made a plan to save enough money to carry me for a year. Um, Because as much as I like to say, as much as I'd like to believe that I'm a spontaneous person, I'm also a planner. (laughs) And I like to have, you know, I like to have things be certain to a certain extent. And so I knew that that would make me, that would allow me to feel that I could make a change is that if I had an income for a year that I knew I could rely on if shit went south, that -hmm. I would have that. And, and then when I had saved that amount of money and I worked really hard to do that, when I had saved that amount of money, there was still this hesitation to leave. Right. So I had hit the goal that I had set for myself. There was still this hesitation, like, will it work out? Um, you know, what if I fail, you know, all these what ifs, and I'm sure that's, that that's natural for anybody when they're making, you know, a big decision in their life, a big life transition. Um, and then I just kind of looked at the rest of my life. And I, I don't want this to sound privileged, because I don't, I don't know that it is, but I had faith that the universe would have my back when I made this decision mm-hmm. because it was, it was one that felt right for me and felt true to me. And looking at my track record, no, not everything in my life has worked out, but I've always landed on my feet. And so why would this mm-hmm. be any different? And so, you know, it was kind of those, you have to jump and the net will appear. And well, that net ended up being the pandemic, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know what, even through the pandemic, Sarah, I wasn't stuck at a job that I hated. And that meant more to me than anything else. Like, yes, 2020 was incredibly stressful for so many people, myself included, Mm -hmm. and not just for my business, but there were some personal things too. Um, But you know what, I wasn't in a job that I couldn't stand. And it wasn't and, you know, 2020, I think for me, proved how resilient not only me not only how resilient I am but how resilient other people are and I don't know that I I would be as optimistic as I am now if I was still in a job that I couldn't stand that's so fascinating and so you so basically with you saving up that little like squirreling away your money you were able to kind of 
in a way helped you through the pandemic, right? Because it's like you left, you went full time, you had that half a year of like, I'm full time, like everything's going on. And then 2020 hits. And then you're like, well, holy crap, like, yeah, this sucks. But I'm so proud of myself that I actually, you know, created this plan, I saved up my money. And now I've created freedom for myself. Is that kind of how you felt? You felt this like relief of like, wow, because I made the decision to, you know, be in action by saving money, then creating a plan and leaving. And then now I've created this reality for me where you like, oh, wow, I can, I am, like you said, I am more resilient. I am so resilient. Yeah. And you know what? I probably, the first few months of the pandemic, maybe I didn't feel that sense of, um, that sense of power, that sense of freedom because it's, yeah, I think everyone, I think everyone was just like, so in the unknown that like it couldn't, we were just, just trying to understand what was happening that we couldn't be possibly in that sense of power. Right. And and, and things just kept getting extended, right? Like we kept Mm -hmm. thinking that things, you know, would end after this month or the next month or, and it just kept getting extended. But it was funny because I had saved all this money for the pandemic, for the fear that, you know, that I wasn't going to have any. And then this pandemic happened. Um, And so like, you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't the it wasn't the emergency that I had anticipated. The emergency I had anticipated was, well, what if I don't get bookings? What if I don't, you know, book a full calendar? Yeah. And so that's that's not really what happened. Um, it was it was a pandemic that actually thwarted kind of my 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 going full time. Um, yeah. But how wonderful that was that I was still able to. I don't know, live each day knowing that eventually this was going to end and we were going to get back to some sense of normalcy and I was going to be able to resume what I had left a job to do. Yeah. And I love how you said you kind of had this perspective shift when you're scared to leave your job. You had this perspective of like, okay, let me take a backlog of my life. Let me look back. Hey, yeah, shitty things did happen. There were trying times, but at the end of the day, I landed on my feet like a cat. I was like a cat. Right. <laughs> Had to throw that in there because of earlier. So like, yeah, you landed on your feet and you figured it out. And and it's kind of like I like to think of the analogy of like um like when we're kids, right? We get upset at like so upset about maybe our toy being taken away from us. Something like like that to us in that moment, it's like the worst thing to happen in the world. But as we grow older, we look back at it and we're like, oh, I just learned a lesson there. Like that was just a lesson. And I feel like we are still, even if we're like in our 20s or 30s or 40s, wherever, I feel like we are still children learning lessons. We're just older, right? And in 10 years, we'll look back and be like, oh, wow, like that's how I handled that. And that's how what I learned from it. And that's what I think, oh, yeah, maybe I could have did this better. Or maybe, you know what, I'm proud of how I did this. So I, we're still basically children learning. And no matter, like, as long as we keep living, we're going to keep going through shit and challenges that are going to, you know, really test us and, how we can how we can like cope and handle with everything so um yeah thanks for thanks for sharing that I'm like I just had a brain fart I'm like what were we talking about oh yeah we're talking about how you landed on your feet yes (laughs) um yeah how you're like oh yeah I landed on my feet in the past so why should now be any different so you kind of had faith in yourself and belief in yourself so I I applaud you for that I love that attitude and okay so maybe let's let's uh take a look at the time where it wasn't the pandemic and it was uh, mid 2019, right? That you went yep. full time. So tell me a bit about that time in your life. Like what, what were some of the things that helped propel your business forward in that time? 
uh, for you to, you know, get, get more bookings and become busy enough for you to be able to go full-time. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, in the year leading up to, um, when I actually left my job, <clears throat> my calendar was filling up. I was more present on social media and, you know, this isn't, this isn't necessarily to be a recipe, but I was more, um, I was more present on social media. I was getting more word of mouth referrals from other clients, which is the best. I love that so, so much because those clients tend to attract tend to bring you more clients like them, which I love. Yeah. Um, and so my calendar was filling up and I realized that I was not giving a hundred percent to my business or the other, you know, corporate adult job that I was working. Mm -hmm. And so that was another big factor that I, I hated feeling stretched in both ways and not giving my all to either one. Um, and so that was a big reason why I left my job too. And so when I finally did leave in July, it was so funny. It was perfect timing as things often are. <clears throat> we don't always notice it at the time. Sorry, Sarah. <clears throat> we don't always notice it at the time, but when I left my job in July, um, the next week I left for my first destination wedding. So it was in oh, Mexico. I just got so, chills. <laughs> so that was incredible, right? That yeah. was so, that was such a, um, that was such an excellent way to transition into full time was that I had my first destination, destination wedding. And honestly, that was only something I had thought about in my wildest dreams that anybody would ever want to pay for me to go and shoot their wedding somewhere beautiful. And so we, so I went to Mexico and I shot that wedding and I ended up staying. So I ended up staying for a week <clears throat> and I was so, it was so refreshing because I finally got to really, I really got to kind of relish the feeling that I had left my old job in the past and this was the new kind of journey that I was embarking on. And I was able to do that separate from, you know, everything that I knew I was in a new place and photographing this couple and and that was so incredible for me and so when I got back um I I had so much motivation to keep going and to keep filling my calendar and that part and that time of course you know July to October is prime wedding season anyway yeah so I was extremely busy with weddings which was so wonderful and then slow down in the winter as it tends to do and that was okay because it was a much needed break it was a welcome yeah. break and yeah. And then 2020 kind of crept up on us, but I, I, I do my best now today to look back on those six months that, you know, that kind of July to January, because I finally got to feel what it was like to work and do this job full time. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. And I know that that'll come around again. It sounds like we're actually going to be reopening soon. So, so like fingers crossed, yeah. we're going to be there. Yeah. So and so I'm really, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm grateful that I got at least a taste of it, just a little bit of it um, before this happened. So, yeah, I love that. I, that's so smart of you to do to like, whenever you're feeling, cause right now it's, it's the middle of winter. We're not able to shoot. We're not able to do what we love yeah. and it's winter on top of it. Like there's just so much that's going on. So for you to just be like, okay, let me just go back again, you're, I think you're using like a really smart tool where you're just kind of going back and assessing, Hey, I did feel that feeling of freedom and doing what I love at, at one point. And you kind of hold on to that feeling and you're grateful for it. And then you probably visualize like, you know what, I'm going to get that feeling back. I know it's going to happen. Maybe not right now, but 
it will happen again. And that you're holding on to that. And that's what's motivating you, right? To keep figuring it out along the way, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think so often we were encouraged not to look back, right? I actually have a sign in my office that says, don't stumble over something behind you. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, so, and so often in my life, I, I, I did live in the past and that's this kind of mental health piece that ended up bringing us together for this episode, mm-hmm. um, that I would live in the past, but I, it, but it wasn't in a constructive way. You know, you would look at past failings and say, well, yeah, it didn't work that time. So why would it work now? But you really can kind of retrain your brain to use things and to look at them in a, in a different way. And I see you do that all the time and I admire you for that, you know, and you're one of those people that feels the fear and does it anyway. And I love that. I wish we could all be more like that. And so, you know, there, there did have to be this shift and maybe I needed 2020 to, you know, reveal that to me that sometimes you, you can look back at the past in a positive way. And for me, was yeah that was looking back and saying you know what the track record isn't that bad and we we do always land on our feet and sometimes we can't see how things will fall into place but they do they just they just sometimes magically do I remember when I first started my photography business and I began to notice that I was wasting so much time typing the same responses over and over again in email. It got to the point where I didn't have much time for other tasks that would actually help me grow my business because I was spending hours and hours a day on emails. Does that sound familiar to you? To solve this problem for myself, I started to create canned responses that I could copy into an email and customize it for every single inquiry and client. This has saved me loads of time and now emails are less daunting as a result. You can also get your hands on these exact email templates I've created since they are now available for you in my shop. The email templates guide for wedding photographers includes 26 email templates and not only does it have those in there, but every single template has an explanation of why I respond the way I do. I created this guide to show you that you can respond by being yourself while at the same time strategically being on top of emails in a way that requires less back and forth between you and your client or inquiry. This way, you can serve couples well, but also have boundaries in place to have a healthy work-life balance for yourself. To get your hands on these so you can implement them into your business right away, head over to saramonica.com forward slash email guide. And when you get there, just scroll down and you'll find a whole breakdown of all the templates that are included. So head over to saramonica.com forward slash email guide right now. So, okay. I love that you touched on that. You have a past of like going through a harder time mental health wise and not having that perspective that you have now. Would you be open to sharing kind of where you were at one point mental health wise and kind of the transformation you had, because I know that a lot of people right now could be like not being in the best place in their life, mental health wise. And hopefully maybe you sharing a bit of that can inspire others to realize, Hey, it's possible for me to also make that shift. Um, Yeah. I think it would be powerful for you to share a bit of that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I'll go back to when I was in 
my the job that I you know was not getting any joy from um I was exhausted I was overworked because I was trying to do that job and photography um like I said it was affecting my personal relationships and so that was incredibly stressful and I I am somebody who was diagnosed with depression and anxiety when I was 21 and from there it's been it's been a learning experience. There have been times in my life that were incredibly dark. And I know Sarah, you've experienced that too. And it can feel so isolating, which is why I feel so deeply for people in the pandemic right now, because, you know, we're isolated in more ways than one and we're so disconnected too. And at that time in my life, I didn't, at that time when I was first diagnosed, I felt like I was relying a lot on other people more than I was relying on myself. And that was okay because that's what I needed at that time. So I had been diagnosed by a doctor. I was seeing a therapist. Um, I was encouraged to take medication. So at that point, yes, I was making those decisions. So I was, you know, I was able to recognize that I needed help and it wasn't something that I could do on my own. But therapy, what's so great about therapy is it gives you the tools so that you can manage things on your own and medication. And that's not everybody's, that's not going to work for everybody. I understand that. It's something that worked for me. That's my personal experience. Medication also helped me to kind of get back to, how do I want to say that? So it, it kind of, for me, it, it, it leveled me out in a sense where I was able to come, come at things from a place of um, stability. And mm-hmm. I wasn't so over overwhelmed by emotions to, to be able to piece through things and work through things. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was instrumental for my healing was, was therapy and medication. Um, also a diagnosis too. I, I resisted it in the beginning. Um, but it did help me understand more what I was going through. And when it has a name, you're able to access resources that are, you know, designed for those things. And, and as you get older too, it's, and you go through more life experiences, like all of those things are, are important. And so when, uh, when I was at my other job and I felt so unhappy, this internal alarm system kind of turned on for me and said, look, like these feelings are what you felt when you were 21, when things were bleak and when things were really dark. Mm-hmm. And so you you can't ignore, you, you can't ignore that. And it was such, um, it was such a visceral feeling that you've been in this place before you came out of it, but what in your life is contributing to these feelings? And it was, mainly this job that I just I couldn't stand I was in it like I said because it felt safe and secure but there was no joy to it there was no real reward to it and so I couldn't ignore that those feelings were coming back and now because I've been through it and because I've come through it you have that belief that it's going to be temporary, which is so reassuring. Some people don't always, some people aren't able to realize that if it's the first time that they're going through it, mm-hmm. that it feels like it's never ending. But the reality is, is that it is temporary and it is something you can move through um, as painful as that might be. But as you, but as I moved through it throughout my twenties, I just, I, I gained more insight that it was fluid and that it was temporary and that I could come through it. And you learn more each time. And not that 
you know, that's obviously my hope that somebody doesn't have to go through it multiple times, but yeah. sometimes that's what happens in life. Right. And so you get those tools and you learn to recognize the feelings um, that come up and are able to mitigate them before they spiral into something deeper. Right. And I'm so grateful that I have that knowledge. I mean, it wasn't easy to go through it to get it, but I'm so grateful now that I have it because I know that I'm able to get through difficult things. And sometimes it does require the help of other people and that's Mm -hmm. okay, but I'm able to do so much more now on my own than I was, you know, a decade ago. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Okay. So I'm trying to think, I think I would want to take it in the direction of kind of understanding when did you really start, uh, you know, um, when, when did photography shift from being a hobby for you to something where you started actually charging money, a little bit of money and a little bit more. Mm. And then how long did it take you to the point of starting from like hobby to like starting to charge a little bit more to, you know what, I'm actually thinking this could actually be a full-time thing. Yeah, that's a great question. So I first picked up a camera when I was maybe 17. (laughs) You and I come from that era where it was like going to the bar with our point and shoot. Yes, exactly. Uh, Maybe it was. (laughs) So it was like kind of before then, right? And like having to go through the motions of posting that stuff on Facebook. Yeah. Oh my God. What a time. What a time. I love those times. I love that every time we went to like an event or party, we would post every single photo from that event and we would like, like comment on like all of them, tag everyone. Like I miss those times. I know it was so it was such dedication to preserve yeah. memories so yeah. now it's so instantaneous so I guess like the first time I really picked up the camera from an artistic point of view mm-hmm. I was probably 17 or 18 and I started with landscape photography um I really loved taking pictures of um open farm fields sunsets sunrises and looking back at that stuff now I mean you have to laugh as we all do at our early at our early work Um, But I loved it. It was something that I just did for myself and something that allowed me to be really present. And so it wasn't actually until um, it would have been I was probably around 21 or 22. I had met my partner and we were having um, a one year anniversary shoot. So a couple shoot. And it was this photographer that I had met by chance when I was working in retail, her and her husband were a photography duo and they came and did our photos for the one year anniversary. And I looked at them and we had so much fun during that session. And I looked at them who this was a couple who was doing it full time. And I said, holy shit, like they've made a career out of this one working together to getting to pal around with other Mm -hmm. couples. And I just thought, holy shit, like if, if they can do it, I think I could do that too. And at that point I wasn't photographing. um, I wasn't doing portraits at that time, but it was that session that really something shifted for me. I enjoyed it. So I enjoyed the experience so, so much. And then it became a reality to me that that is something you could do for a living. That's something I really hadn't considered before because I don't have people, I don't, you know what, I don't actually have, when I think about it now, I don't actually have a lot of people in my life and I didn't at that time who were making a living from creative work. Mm -hmm. So that never seemed like an option for me. Yeah. 
And <laughs> so when that, when I met this couple, it was just, like I said, it was the shift that happened. And I was like, holy crap, I want to, I think I want to do that. And so it started out and I don't know if this was your journey too, Sarah, but I think I had posted on Kijiji about um, like uh, photo opportunities, like taking photos of people. And so I charged so little, like I think my first shoot was like maybe 20 bucks or 50 bucks. Yeah. Um, so it was so, it was nothing, but it was so great because I really was able to get a feel for it without other people having to invest a lot of money because it was really just for an experiment for me to see if I really liked it, to see if it resonated with me. And um, so I did that. And then I had friends of mine who had me come and take pictures at like birthday parties or um, like I had a best friend shoot. I think at one point that was a lot of fun. And then that kind of was still running adjacent to the other jobs that I was working. So I was in retail and then I was in the mental health field and photography still kind of ran adjacent to that. Um, And then I started becoming a part of more photography groups so I could learn more about photography and learn more about the business. Um, I started second shooting for a photographer in uh, my hometown. So for weddings and things like that, because that, because I loved weddings so much, I did want to try that. So I second shot for another photographer. Um, I really enjoyed that experience too, because it's just something, it allows you to dip your toes into the industry without all the without so much of the pressure there's a yeah. lot of pressure but without so much so much of the pressure exactly yeah yeah so i did that and um and then i realized how much of it that i loved i loved the editing process and i loved communicating with my clients and i loved the feeling that i got when i was able to meet new people and do these sessions because it wasn't a feeling I was getting from my other job. And, um, and so, yeah, there was this shift. So in 2014, so I would have been 24, it was the fall of 2014. I, you know, got my website. I was Carly Kratzer photography and I, you know, was, I just, I launched that to see where it would go. And I wasn't able to give it my full attention, honestly, until probably closer to 2018. Um, So there were four years that I was doing it part-time and was getting joy from it, but was not really seeing how much I could profit from it when I really focused all of so much more of my attention on it. Um, And so it wasn't until, yeah, after I, so I was married in 2017 and it wasn't until after that, that I really felt like I could focus more of my energy and my time on it. And uh, since then, I've been getting that be- I've been getting busier every year. I've been investing more back into my business. I did the workshop with you. I have you know registered for other online workshops. So now I just have that momentum and that hunger to just want to get better. And that's one of the things I love about photography too. And I'm sure a lot of people feel this way is that there's never there's never a plateau with photography. No. There's always something more to learn, whether it's about the skill itself or in business. Yeah. And things change so much now and so often with social media and algorithms and things like that. Um, but you can, you can never plateau. Like you can never get to a place where you're, I feel that you're at the height of your career because that might be, you know, the, the, the amount in your bank account, but there's always so much more to learn when it comes to a creative skill and when it comes to running a business that 
That's what and I your, love. And your bank account. And your bank account. Because technically, right. yeah. there's no glass ceiling for us because we're entrepreneurs. Yeah. So there, we just take it as far as we want to take it, right? That's um, right. And that's yeah. such, so true that you said that because even with my other job, right, there was a place where I would have topped out. I would have topped out mm. at that salary until I changed positions. So yeah. with it, like it's, you know the possibilities are endless. <laughs> yeah. I love that you said that how like, cause I totally, um, relate to your experience of only when you had like one foot into your business and your other foot somewhere else in another job, you weren't like really growing. And you like, it was like three or four years and you're just kind of having this thing on the side. And as soon as you decide, I am deciding I am going in all in on this. That's exactly when you start seeing the growth, right? The, and it's like, faster growth than you probably could have imagined. Like that's like what I experienced. Um, all these years, like I used to just be so scared to go all in. So I, I was like, you know what? I was a server and I made really good money because servers make pretty good money and tips, especially if you take on a lot more shifts and stay later and all of that. So I was like comfortable too in knowing that, Hey, all this money is pretty much guaranteed and all of that. Um, so as soon as I kind of made that shift, you know what, like I'm going full time, it does, some you figure it out like you land on the floor like a cat with all four paws and you figure out how to actually make it work for you it's amazing so I love that you that you shared that that that's also how your journey was because maybe someone right now is listening and they're like oh I want to go full-time but I don't know like I don't know how like how will I make the money if you stay stuck where you are nothing will change you have to change something about your situation in order for things to change And yeah, so maybe that's doing like what Carly did, like save up a little nest egg and then, you know, give yourself a deadline by this date. I am leaving like no matter what, because fear is going to creep up again, just like it did for Carly. So I love that you shared that. Um, And I would love to also know, like, what advice would you give to someone that is in that position right now? They're kind of teeter tottering. They're either deciding, do I want to, you know, make photography my career, or maybe they're actually about to jump and about to quit their job, but they're scared to like, what advice would you give them for someone that feels scared? Sure. Yeah. And you touched on one of the big pieces, Sarah, that, and that was it for me was having a date. So for me, I mean, that destination wedding was kind of perfect. So I I was, you know, like I was gonna, I was gonna quit my job. My bags were packed and I was going to Mexico. And I I realized that's not going to be everybody's experience, but it can be any date. It can, and just having it on your calendar and, you know, visualizing yourself leaving that job. I know that that sound, that might sound woo woo to people and, you know, but having that date and letting yourself you know, letting yourself and let, let you're letting yourself let that other job go if that's what you really want. And I think too, is reminding yourself that things aren't always going to be perfectly aligned. Like if you're waiting for this to happen, if you're waiting for this to happen, it's, it might not happen. So all the, the, I guess the better way to put that is the conditions aren't going to be perfect. Yes. Decision. Exactly. You know, but we, we wait for that. We wait for, and for me, it was the money. And, you know, and like I said, even when I hit my, my goal, my, you know, the money that I felt would make me feel better for the year, I still had hesitation about leaving that job. Luckily I had that date, um, to keep me, 
on track to say, you know what, I've, I've put in my notice, they know I'm leaving. So yes, I feel the fear and yes, I feel the hesitation. Um, but I've made, I've made the commitment to myself and my business and I'm going to see that through. So I did the big piece that was saving money. And for some people, it might be saving three months of income. It might be Mm -hmm. six months. It might be a year for me. It was a year and it took me longer to do that than it would have to save for, you know, Mm -hmm. half a year or three months, but that's what was going to make me feel comfortable. But even when I did that, there was still fear. So I guess my advice is just that the conditions are never going to be perfect. So don't wait for that because you might be waiting a really, really long time. I love that piece of advice. And I love how you said earlier, you asked one thing that is, is very, very true in life is that the quality of your questions determine the quality of the answers that you get in your mind. So I remember earlier in the episode, you mentioned that you asked yourself a question. I think it was, what if I wake up 10 years from now, still in the same position, how would I feel? Right. And I think that's a great question because automatically your subconscious mind answered that for you and you knew the answer. And it's like, well, if I don't change anything now or in one year or in two years, it's going to stay the same. And why look, be 10 years ahead in the future and then look back and be like, well, I could have done it 10 years ago. So I love everything you shared here. It's awesome. You're so sweet. sweet. And I hope it's, I hope it's helpful. And, you know, and we often say things like, well, if, if I could do it, anyone can do it, but that's so true. That's so true. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not special in any way. And it's not like I was born into a photographer family or anything like that. Right. And I know you weren't either where, you know, we didn't have formal training for photography and it was just something we wanted to pursue. And, and anybody can do that, that really wants it. And your path is going to look different from somebody else's. And for me, that was saving that nest egg. That was probably the biggest piece for me because I knew that that would, that that would give me some comfort and some security, but it took me longer to do that. And so if people want to make a change sooner, there's probably going to be more fear around it than, you know, and so I love that you said that because one thing that helps me make um, decisions actually around that fear is, for example, okay, like you said, nothing, well, nothing is guaranteed, right? So technically, it's just as much of a risk to stay in a job you don't like than to risk going after a job you would love because in the job that you don't like, you could get laid off, you could get fired, you could lose that in a second anyway. But Actually, I would say it's more of a risk to stay where you are unhappy because then you're unmotivated to like actually pursue, you know, making something happen for yourself there. If you take a risk, quote unquote, and follow what you actually want, you're going to become so much more energized, so much more driven. Like you said, you like dove into learning more and investing back in your business and everything. And that propels you to becoming uh, successful, whatever that means to you. Right. And so, no matter like what you choose, there's a risk to it. And it's like, which risk would you prefer? This is like the perfect way to end an episode. Would you rather stay in a job (laughs) that you hate and then uh, possibly lose it in the future, possibly, or, you know, create your own business that you would love and possibly have it fail? Possibly. So it's interesting, right? Well, um, and I think, yeah. I think 2022, I just, I do want to say this, Sarah, I think 20, if, if 2020 taught us nothing else, 
It's that nothing is guaranteed and that unexpected things are going to happen. And so what you said is perfect. What risk, what risk are you going to take? I mean, 2020, nobody, nobody really, you know, except for epidemiologists, nobody could have predicted that. (laughs) And, and so we were all thrusted into the unknown and, and it just proved to us that, you know, nothing is for certain. And so why not take the risk? And like you said, because you're absolutely right. People could lose the job that they're, that they're miserable in. And, you know, people say that when they, that they're laid off from a job they hate, they said that was the best gift they could have ever been given because now they're able to yeah. pursue yeah. what they really love. It's funny that that exact thing happened to my dad. He was like in a job for years and years and years, got laid off. And then he created his, he started his own business and now he works, he works on his hours, does what he wants. And like, so same thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this has been an amazing chat. Like so much that you've said, I know we'll just like go deep into people's hearts and inspire them to, to fly. Basically. I just, everything you said is is incredible. I, I never know how to express like one thing that I'm working on is I want to learn how to express my emotions better and what I'm thinking and feeling because I always go to like, that was incredible. That was amazing. But like how, but like, I'm trying to like learn how to like explain all of that. Anyway, that's my own little journey. Um, but yeah, it's been amazing having you on this episode and I just want to kind of like, I think end it off at like where, like, what are you focused on now? Kind of where are you right now with everything going on? What are, you, what are you focusing on? Yeah, what I'm focusing on right now is, um, this is going to be so boring after the talk we just had, <laughs> but I'm like managing my client management system because that's new to me. So mm-hmm. I'm like figuring out the ins and outs of that. It's been game changing, life changing, all of those things. Um, perfect for type A people and people who like to be organized. So I'm, yeah. I'm navigating that to save me time for when things open up again. Um, so I'm really trying to learn the ins and outs of that. And I also have um, two workshops that I'm kind of going through at my own pace, which is great. I love when uh, creators do that. I know that mm-hmm. you've created the online courses to do at your own pace. Mm-hmm. And so I'm working through those um, when I can, when I have the time and when I feel really motivated to sit down and watch them. So yeah. I'm, I'm focused on that. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this year. I think it'll be another year of intimate weddings and Mm -hmm. I love those they have a special place in my heart so I'm my fingers crossed Sarah for spring that we're able to get back and do what we like to do so um yeah hang in there it's a few more weeks right yeah yeah awesome and that's not boring I mean I know what you mean because for me every single off season was always about okay how can I improve my client experience how can I create even more automations how can I work smarter not harder so I think this is just the season where all photographers just this is what we do <laughs> so it's smart what you're doing it's awesome it maybe it is boring work right but I le- but it is something that's uh, the way I like to look at it is it is exciting because in the summer or fall this year, let's say when we get busy again, then um, it'll all like all the work that you put in now will be like, oh my God, that was not, that was exciting. That was sexy because now I have so much more freedom on my hands. Right. So sexy. (laughs) So So sexy. sexy. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, look, I picked it. I figured out a new word to express how I'm feeling. I love that. Yeah. Just time management and time saved is the sexiest thing. I think. It is. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. 
No, oh and you know what, Sarah, I feel your energy. So don't worry about having different words. I feel your emotion. And oh. I'm so, so glad that we got to do this. I'm so glad that you asked me. Honestly, it's an honor and a privilege. And um, I hope it helps just one person get unstuck. I love that. Um, okay, so to end it off, where can everyone find you? Oh, so you can find me on Instagram at Carly Kratzer Photography. That's uh, K-R-A-T-Z-E-R. And I guess I should spell my first name too, because there's many ways. It's C-A-R-L-Y. And also CarlyKratzerPhotography.com. I'd love if you guys would follow along with me. Um, It's mostly reels of my dog and uh, pictures (laughs) of cute couples. So (laughs) that's awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, this was so much fun. And yeah, we'll chat soon. Okay, I can't wait. Yay! Thank you so much for hanging out with me and tuning into this episode. If you got value out of it, please feel free to message me on Instagram at Sarah Monica Photo. That's Sarah No H, Monica with a K, photo, to let me know. I get so freaking energized hearing from others that what I've said has had a positive impact on their lives. Also, make sure to hit subscribe to the Shine and Thrive podcast to never miss an episode. I'm so grateful for you and I'm sending you all the productive vibes your way so you have the best week ever. Do you love shooting but hate the endless admin, culling, and editing that follows your wedding and portrait bookings? Yep, me too. In fact, if you're anything like me, you got into photography to get out from behind a desk. And yet the irony is the more you shoot, the more there is to do on the back end, which translates to more time spent behind your computer screen and less time doing what you love most, which is shooting. But the good news is I have a game-changing free resource that can help you break free of the cycle and cut down these precious hours by, guess how much? Up to 70% of the hours that you usually work. It's called my three-hour post-wedding smart workflow checklist, which as the name suggests, shows you my exact step-by-step workflow for getting all of these tasks completed in just three hours. Yep, that's right. Literally from backing up the photos on a wedding night through to delivering the online gallery to my clients in just three hours. Inside the guide, you'll find a detailed breakdown of exactly what I do and don't do in my workflow, how long everything takes me, what I outsource, when, and to who. This includes the editing service and gallery providers I use plus tips throughout for streamlining the process even further that have been honed in over my 11 years experience in business. And P.S., the same process I outline in this guide is transferable for both brand and portrait photographers too. So I got you too. Do you need to see it to believe it? I don't blame you. Head to saramonica.com forward slash workflow to download a free copy straight to your inbox and join a crew of photographers working smarter instead of harder in their photography businesses. Sarah is spelt without an H and Monica is spelt with a K. So that's saramonica.com forward slash workflow and make sure to download this powerful free resource now.